another year. Really, it's going to be another year. Oh, boy. Hi. I'm David Feldman, and this is The Mop-Up. Well, the 118th Congress meets for the first time on Tuesday, January 3rd, and George Santos is scheduled to be sworn in as the new Republican congressman representing New York's 3rd Congressional District, which covers parts of Queens and northern Long Island. If you don't remember George Santos, join the club. Even George Santos can't remember who George Santos is. So let me refresh your memory. Most politicians have the decency to wait until they take office before their lies commence. But Santos completely jumped the gun. He just could not wait. He claimed to have been in a same-sex marriage when, in fact, he was married to a woman. He claimed his mother was Jewish when she was Catholic. He told people he had worked for Goldman Sachs when there's no record of his, of his employment there. The list goes on and on. But as two separate prosecutors, one local and one federal, pour over his past, Santos's finances are now coming under heavy scrutiny. Investigators are wondering how Santos went from having absolutely no money in 2020 to suddenly being worth millions by the time he was elected to serve in Congress. I am personally offended by George Santos. I think he is a disgrace, even for a Republican. That's how corrupt he is. George Santos is the first politician in American history ever to be too dishonest, even for the Republican Party, because the lies never stop with this man. It has gotten to the point where I no longer trust that he's even lying. I am now convinced Santos is such a pathological dissembler that every word he utters is the absolute truth. That's just how much of an imposter I believe him to be, and it sickens me. Last night, I was having dinner with George Clooney and his lovely wife at my home in St. Bart's on Lake Como, and the three of us all agreed that if there's one thing we can't abide, it's a prevaricator. While George Clooney stepped outside to take a call from some people he owes money to, Mrs. George Clooney and I were suddenly alone, and naturally the flirting began. And trust me, I did not start it. Long story short, I had to explain to Mrs. Clooney that her marriage to George must be built on trust. I added that while I do find her pleasant enough, I do prefer women a bit more bookish, uh, I had to tell her to stop crying, go inside, and take a cold shower because her husband, George Clooney, is a dear, dear friend. And more importantly, how would Sienna Miller feel should I come to her later that evening reeking of Amal Clooney? So, you can clearly see that a man of my moral rectitude 
is thoroughly disgusted by George Santos. I mean, who lies about their mother dying on 9-11? Seriously, George Santos lied and said his mother died on 9-11. She didn't. Why would anyone lie about such a thing? Granted, whenever we traveled together, my mother insisted I tell everyone she was fatally wounded during the Battle of the Bulge. But that was only for the free drinks and camaraderie. So yes, I'd be lying if I said I never lied. But they were always harmless half-truths, like telling women I played for the Knicks, or lying under oath that Robert Chambers was the preppy murderer. I kind of framed Robert Chambers. He was innocent. It was actually Whitaker Chambers. Also, sometimes when I'm standing on a subway platform late at night and I jam a pistol into someone's gut and whisper, hand me your wallet or I'll kill you, it's a lie. Truth be told, I would never kill the guy if he didn't hand me his wallet. I'm just saying that so he gives me his wallet. And, and, you know, and sometimes I feel bad taking someone's money based on false promises. It makes me feel like a con artist, which I'm not. I'm just your honest, run-of-the-mill mugger trying to take people's money. So it feels good clearing that one up. Also, I'm not David Feldman. I'm really Larry Goldstein. I changed my name for show business, but not well. I guess when people keep telling you to change your name for show business, they should probably explain why. I just thought you're supposed to change your name. I didn't know you were supposed to change your religion as well. And I guess I should confess this is not my actual hair. What I'm wearing is the toupee I inherited from my grandpa Mort, who stole it off a German soldier during World War I. It was probably a war crime, but people commit commit crimes against humanity in the heat of battle. Poor Gunter Heinrich returned from the front with a chrome dome, I'm sure. It's the German soldier whose hair I'm wearing. And while it's true my grandmother was a nurse with Eisenhower's army, I may have stretched the truth a tad when I bragged that she gave Winston Churchill a sponge bath and a handy the night before D-Day. I'm pretty sure it was just a handy. Okay, I'm glad I got it all off my chest, which is also what I believe were Winston's parting words to my grandmother. So as we kick off 2023, let's use George Santos's downfall as a cautionary tale of why it's always wrong to tell fanciful stories about ourselves. I hate to quote, I hate to quote myself, but I put it best in my epic poem, Marmion, A Tale of Flodden Field, which I wrote in the early 19th century. And if memory serves, it goes something like this. Oh, what a tangled web we weave when first we practice to deceive. Truer words were never written, if I do say so myself. Now, as the sun sets, over my beautiful home in St. Bart's on Lake Como, let's resolve to speak only the truth in 2023. I'm David Feldman, reminding you to stay strong and protect the weak.
That's the truth. It's time right now for the David Feldman Show. So get your ears on right. Buckle in real tight. Tuesday, we have the 118th Congress convening, and we're going to find out if there's going to be a speaker Tuesday night. Howie Klein, founder and treasurer of the Blue America Pact, joins us. He writes over at Down With Tyranny. And you're saying we have breaking news about Congressman George Santos from Long Island? Yes, we do. The, um, the Brazilian uh, law enforcement has uh, issued an arrest warrant for him on an old case that he denies ever happened, although in the past he's written about it and he's been in front of a judge about it, but now he's trying to deny it. But in any case, they went to the U.S. Justice Department and said, look, we're reviving these charges against George Santos. So he's supposed to be sworn in tomorrow uh, into Congress. The, the funny thing about it is that maybe no one is going to be sworn in because if there's no speaker, no one gets sworn in. Okay, you're jumping ahead. We'll get to 218 in a second. But remind us who George Santos is. Why Why is he wanted in Brazil? Because he's from Brazil, and he is um, he's a Brazilian he, pretending to be an American. And he, while he was there, he, uh, he his mother was a nurse, supposedly, and one of her patients was unconscious, and Santa stole the patient's checkbook out of his clothes and then went to a store, uh, a clothing store, as a matter of fact, and bought $700 worth of clothing for himself. Uh, and then he agreed to give the money back, publicly agreed to give the money back, and then he never did. He just went to the United States. And right. now he's a congressman from Long Island, a congressman-elect from Long Island. The reason he's in the news so much is because every single thing he says is a lie. Everything is a lie. Uh, you know, he said he was Jewish. He's not. He said he was black. He's not. He said he went to this high school. He didn't. He said he went to that college. He didn't. He said he worked for this firm. He didn't. He said he worked for the other firm. He didn't. It's all lies. Everything is a lie. In fact, Alan Grayson uh, told me the other day that the Republicans just should um, elect him speaker because it's probably in his resume anyway. <laughs> and he's probably the most honest Republican we know of. So, <laughs> and Brazil, right. we don't Everything have anything. Everything is a lie. Everything is a lie. There's nothing true that he ever says. Every single thing is a lie. And he is a fraudster. He's taken large amounts of money. The Russians wanted a, uh, a seat in Congress, and they bought this guy. Also, he's taken uh, large sums of money from Sam Bankman-Fried, from FTX, uh, Fran Bank, Fran, um, Sam Bankman-Fried's firm. Right. That right. was his largest donor, was FTX. Uh, although the Russian, the Russians gave him more money than that, but they just divided it up from into from many many straw donors. So he got lots and lots of sums from this one Russian oligarch, but came it came through several different people. So really, and if you if you count all that, you add those all up, Russia is the biggest donor. But uh, if you don't do that, and it's hard to do, then. Um, Sam Bankman-Fried is the biggest donor. In, in any case, it's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. The Republicans definitely would not be keeping him and trying to swear him in, except that he is, uh, he, he is a vote for McCarthy, and McCarthy has to have that vote to get elected uh, speaker. So that they'll probably throw him out after that, but at this point, they're not throwing him out. He needs 218. We'll get to that in a second. 
if they throw him out, if they throw George Santos out, there's a special election. Does Governor Hochul, New York Democrat, get to a point? No, no, no part in it. Governor's only part the governor has is the date. She says what the date is going to be. That's it. She has no other part. Chances are, if there's a special election, from what I've from the discussions I've had with Tom Swazi, who's an old friend of mine, I think he would run. Uh, he's, he's the former congressman from that district. I, I think he would run for his old seat. But I don't know that for sure. But he's kind of, you know, we, we had some discussions about it. I walked away thinking, yeah, he would do it. But Republicans, not, Republicans don't. He would. Republicans. It's not a Republican It's a Democratic district. The only reason that uh, this lunatic won was because uh, the Democrats screwed up so badly and they elect, they nominated someone who was, uh, uh, you know, unelectable. They nominated this guy Zimmerman, uh, who um, was, he, had not, he had nothing going for him. He had been a Hillary campaign finance chair. That was it. And that, that didn't provide enough of an incentive for anybody to go out and vote for him. But I think if, uh, if another Democrat w- runs, the other Democrat will win. And I think if it was Swazi, it would be he'd win in a walk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Republicans didn't get rid of Madison Cawthorn. So why would they get no, rid of him? They did. They did get rid of him. Uh, you know, I mean, you have to give um, credit where credit is due. But it really was both the Republican Party of North Carolina with Kevin McCarthy's thumbs up that uh, did uh, did Cawthorn in. They decided to get rid of Cawthorn. Twenty should bring him up um, because Cawthorn, uh, you know, spilled the beans on a very close ally of McCarthy's. Although he didn't publicly say who it was, he told McCarthy and um, uh, Scalise that the person who wanted to bring him to an orgy, although it was just an orgy for the two of them, was Patrick McHenry, the congressman from the next district over from Cawthorns. And we can get into that later because there is a connection to the speaker's battle right. with um, um, McCarthy, um, um, Henry. So let, let's wrap up George Santos for a second. The Republicans aren't going to bring him before a House Ethics Committee because the Republicans don't. Oh, yeah, have- they are. They are. He's definitely going to a House Ethics Committee. He's already been referred there by another congressman, another Republican congressman, Nick LaLota, who is uh, also elected on the same day that uh, uh, that Santos was. He's the congressman who took um, Lee Zeldin's seat in Suffolk County. So he has already referred this guy to the House Ethics Committee. Is he going to be sworn in on Tuesday? No, because we won't have a speaker on Tuesday. But could he... If we have a speaker, he'll be sworn in. If we don't have a speaker... They have to decide what they're going to do. I don't know. I, I mean, there's a lot of Republicans who don't want the stink on them. Right. But before we you get to I mean? that, could George Santos conceivably say to Kevin McCarthy, who's just giving everything away, George Santos could say, I'll give you my vote for speaker, uh, but you can't put me before an ethics committee. Does Santos get to vote before he's sworn in? I don't know because they yes they, they vote before this one in because the, 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 the swearing in takes place by a speaker so you have to vote for a speaker and then you know so yes he gets to vote and then they swear then they swear them in after so do you think he's making a deal with McCarthy because McCarthy needs every vote he can yeah okay. I, 
I, I don't know. I don't think McCarthy wants to wants to talk, to talk to this guy or have anything to do with him. McCarthy has certainly not uh, commented on it. When the meet every time McCarthy sticks his head out of the office, a, a dozen reporters jump all over him and ask him about Santos, right. and he doesn't say anything. He runs back in the office and hides under the desk. Right before we get to the magic number two eighteen. Santos is the low-hanging fruit. He's the least of the Republican Party's problems, right? Well, he's a, he is a problem, but, you know, he's one of the problems. There's, there's greater problems, which is their, their, uh, their speaker situation. Uh, that's a big problem for them right mm -hmm. now, and it's going to come to a head tomorrow. So let's talk about the magic number 218. Kevin McCarthy has been wanting to be speaker he was, I think, 2015, you write, that he almost became speaker instead of Paul Ryan. Right. So people don't, Paul Ryan wasn't running. Paul Ryan was supporting McCarthy. And um, the thing is this, he, what, you know, what gets talked about is that, you know, the far right was out to get him and, and they didn't want to let, let him uh, become speaker. And that's true. But they wouldn't have been able to, to do that if he, he hadn't had, and this never gets talked about anymore. It was talked about back in the day, but now it's all hushed up. He had an affair with a Republican congresswoman from North Carolina, Renee Elmers. The two of them were lovers, even though they were both married. Mm. And that and that was the reason that they made uh, McCarthy withdraw. He didn't, everyone, when the media writes about it now, they always say the, Repo the right wing did him in. It, and it's partially true. But the reason that he withdrew was because of the Elmer's affair. Now people are saying he's having an affair with Marjorie Trader Greene. That's what people are saying. Maybe true, maybe not true. I don't know. She suddenly went from being an opponent of his to being his biggest booster, even to the point where she threatened another congresswoman, a congresswoman-elect, uh, what's her name, lunatic, um, Anna Paulina Luna. Right. Uh, from... from uh, Florida, she has said that she uh, was leaning to, towards not voting for McCarthy, and she gets a call suddenly from uh, uh, Marjorie Trader Greene screaming at her that she has to. And, and according to Luna, uh, uh, um, Marge uh, threatened her. Mm. Physically threatened her. Well, I don't know. She was. She said this on uh, on um, Bannon's radio show or podcast, I should right. say. <clears throat> so she didn't say physically. She just said threatened. Right. And let's not forget that Marjorie Taylor Greene has been stripped of all her committee assignments because she has threatened violence in the past. So you write the magic number is two eighteen. Kevin McCarthy needs two hundred eighteen votes, and you write late yesterday nine far right. I think you also call them fascist. Republicans sent a letter to members of the GOP conference telling them that McCarthy's concessions are still not enough. These are the signatories. Scott Perry from Pennsylvania, Paul Garsar, Arizona, Chip Roy, Texas, Andrew Clyde, Georgia, Andy Harris, Maryland, Dan Bishop, North Carolina, Eli Crane, Anna Paulina, Luna, you just mentioned her, and Andy Ogles. These are the... Worst of the worst? We are um, congressman-elect, so the last three are, aren't sworn in yet. Okay. But they signed the letter. And you, you call them fascists? And Yeah, I would like anybody to d dispute them being fascists. Right. I mean, Paul Gosar, 
Scott Perry. Scott Perry was in on uh, January 6th. So was Paul Gosar. Uh, uh, Chip Roy is a danger. As you write, he was uh, Ted Cruz's chief of staff. That's right. Uh, so what happens? What, what are we going to be looking at uh, Tuesday night? What, what? Good, good question. So there are, there are a bunch of different things that are possibilities. So my, what I said all along was that McCarthy is going to be speaker, that the, the far right is just um, holding him back and saying, you have to give us this and this and this, and then uh, we'll vote for you. And if you don't give us all these things, we won't vote for you. So he's given in, he's given, even things that he said he will never give in on. Like, like he's given in on them. He's given in on everything they've asked for. And every time he gives in, they ask for more. Mm-hmm. So, and what I think is gonna happen, I could be wrong, but what I think is gonna happen is they're gonna say, you know, agree to only one term as speaker, which he'll do, and agree that um, uh, Jim Jordan will be the real speaker. You'll just be the speaker in name. So it'll sort of be like what happened with Denny Hastert, where he, Denny Hastert was the speaker, but Tom DeLay called all the shots. Right. So they would do that. I think that that's really what Gates wants, uh, Matt Gates, and who's sort of running the whole show of opposition. I think, and, and Bob Good from Virginia. The two of them, I think what they would like to see is, is Jim Jordan running the show. Now, they're going to propose, they have said they want Jim Jordan in. I mean, it's both to not say it, but uh, Gates got drunk and he, sp- he, spilled, he spilled the beans. But, and Good says they're going to tell everybody tomorrow who, who they want. Uh, but it's already been said. When Gates was drunk, he said it. So, and, and it was obvious it was going to be Jim Jordan that they want anyway. So uh, can yeah. he get two eighteen? Can Jim Jordan get two eighteen? Good question. Uh, I don't. Well, let's let's say that McCarthy can't get two eighteen. He withdraws. So then the Republicans have to elect somebody. So I don't know if if he can get or not. I my my guess is that he can't, but I'm not sure. So, so there are a bunch of possibilities that um, New York Times floated today. Two of them are absurd. One was that uh, Stefanik would become a compromised speaker. and She, she already is compromised, that, so she'd be perfect. Yes, she's very compromised. And, but the thing is, is that the MAGA Republicans don't like her. Even though she's a MAGA herself, they think she's an opportunist. So the, so the real MAGAs hate her. And they think she's just, and they won't vote for her. Right. And remember, there are only 222 Republicans, so you can only lose four people. So all you need is four people against anybody, and it's not happening. So the other one that they they suggested, the other three that they suggested, one was uh, Scalise, but he he has kind of the same problems as as. Um, McCarthy, they don't, they, you know, he's a little bit better in their mind, in the, in the mind of the far right, far right fringe, because he's from that fringe. But over the last couple of years, since he's been working with McCarthy, they they grew to not like him. He so used to be, he used to be David, he used to be David Duke without the baggage. Yeah. Well, he's still David Duke without the baggage, <laughs> but he's, you know, trying to act right. like he's not. Right. 
So uh, yeah, so so I don't know if that can happen. Right. Then there's uh, then there's Jim Jordan who we just spoke about, and then the fourth one that the New York Times proposes is absurd. And if we have time, I'll, I'd like to talk about that, and that's yeah. Patrick McHenry. Oh my so God! Patrick the McHenry, Madison Cawthorn, the 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 lover, the, the, the lover of Madison Cawthorn. You're yes, kidding? That one. Really. Yes. So he he gave the Republican Party, the House Republicans, two million dollars in money that he had taken in bribes from being on the uh, House Financial Services Committee, where he's the ranking Republican. And, he, you know, he got paid off. He, he's the one that carried the water for all the banksters. Anytime the Democrats tried to do anything, he would be the one to oppose it. The, the banksters would give him the talking points that they wanted said, and he would say them. And for which they, they showered him with money. So he had lots of money. So, he gives, you know, and he's, he was running for whip. He wanted to be the Republican whip. In other words, the third highest ranking Republican. And McCarthy was behind him, and it looked like he had it sewn up. He gave the $2 million. It was all sewn up. And then McCarthy and Scalise call Cawthorne in, and they say, we want to know, and we want to know right now, who invited you to the orgy? And Cawthorne says it was, it was McHenry. Now, McHenry is a notorious closet case, so it certainly made sense. So they immediately that day told McHenry, they called in McHenry and they said, okay, the, your speaker thing is finished. You cannot run for speaker withdraw today. He said, what about my $2 million? And they said, well, you can be the head of, uh, you can be the chair of the, um, uh, the financial services committee and you'll make you $2 million back in one second flat. So he said, okay. So now he says he never wanted a leadership position, which is insane. Mm -hmm. That's all he's trying to do. And, uh, so he, but he did withdraw immediately when they told him to. So the thing with him is that he's, he, he has an incredible background and I've been following him and writing about him since 2000. That's how far back. And, and these media people are so young that they weren't even around in 2000. So they don't know what, what this guy was all about. And, and you'll have to read about it on, on down with tyranny. I have a recap coming out tomorrow morning. They'll give you the short version without going into all the, the proof. But he was a, uh, a, a silent partner in a, in a male brothel. This His is Patrick lover, McHenry. Patrick McHenry. His lover, who we met at the brothel, uh, Robert, um, what's his name? Uh, I want to say Duke, but it's not, it's not Duke. Whatever his name is. Uh, whatever his name is. Uh, was is a murderer. He was he was a thug. He, he, was, a, he was just this like rough trade thug, and he he murdered a competitor of the male the male brothel which was in uh, uh, near Norfolk, uh, uh, Virginia Beach. It was in Virginia Beach. They murdered a competitor, and then they murdered someone else, and then someone else got arrested, and then he went. To three, he went to two very, very high-ranking wealthy Republicans. One who had been was no longer, but had been the head of the Republican Party of Georgia, and the other one was a prominent Republican lobbyist. They were together in the home of the former um, uh, head of the Republican Party of Georgia, and he he tried to get money out of them. They didn't give it. He murdered them and committed suicide. The three bodies were found. Uh, this became a buzz for like, you know, two minutes flat. And then the, uh, 
the Orlando Police Department, for whatever reason, covered it up. And it was it was in the news for a week and then never heard from again. I'm putting a picture. I'm putting a picture of Patrick McHenry up right now in a bow tie. He has white hair and glasses. Looks like yeah, silver hair. Yeah, glasses. Looks like a. Part of his part of his look to you know to look like like scholarly and 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 the New York Times reporter fell for it. She said she called him brainy. He's not brainy. He's, mm. he's brainless. <laughs> but he reads these like fancy uh, you know fancy uh, talking points from the banksters, and they say, oh yes, he's very brainy. <laughs> Patrick McHenry, they say, is the fourth choice for speaker if McCarthy can't get the two eighteen. Uh, tomorrow, why would somebody like Patrick no, McHenry doesn't know anything? I'm sorry. Someone would write that who doesn't know anything. Right. So for the New York Times, if you're Patrick McHenry and you have this background, you've been writing about his brothel and uh, his uh, male lover who killed somebody. Given that this person has a background that once he becomes speaker will be exposed. It already has been exposed over down with tyranny. Go read Howie Klein. But and not just tyranny. Others have written about it too. In fact, a reporter who read all the stuff at down with tyranny called him, and and they and he well his spokesman said, "Oh, down with tyranny has a vendetta against uh, the congressman." Right. That was the answer. <laughs> but, but you have to know that this stuff is going to come out once you fly too close to the sun. So. I guess you know, that they, who, how does it come out? They don't, they, you know, the New York Times did a whole thing on him and they never mentioned any of this. The reporter is probably 15 years old and she, or, and she doesn't, she, she wasn't alive when this stuff happened and she's a moron and doesn't know how to like use Lexus Nexus and find this stuff. This stuff is all publicly available. Republicans have to decide whether or not. So they have to. They, it's never been in court. It's never been proven. He was never charged. Uh, this guy Drake, that, that was the name I couldn't think of. Uh, Robert Drake was the, was the lover and the murderer and who committed suicide. And, uh, you know, how are you going to prove that, that, him and, uh, uh, that, that him and Patrick McHenry were lovers? There's no way to do it. And then, especially, you know, I was around at the time. I have like, I've run 20 pictures of Patrick Dr of, uh, of Drake on my website. I have another one going up tomorrow. And it was, you know, he was, he was Patrick McHenry's lover. Okay, so the way Patrick, when he got, when he ran in his very very first race, he had he had a bunch of college kids from out of state who were all high on on amphetamines and having sex with him, and, and they ran his campaign for him, and he won. Right. So that's Patrick McHenry. So, yes. as, so as I understand what I've been reading over at Down With Tyranny, and by the way, everybody should go read Down With Tyranny, obviously. It's it's the most salacious. Well, call it again. Uh, this is salacious civics. Salacious civics. Salacious civics, that's right. If so you want to learn civics salaciously, go to Down With Tyranny and read Howie Klein. So what you're saying and what you're writing Especially over... Patrick McHenry and also Santos. I don't know when we were talking about Santos right now. Did I say that he has admitted now that he had an 18 year old lover? Yes, uh, you wrote over. You, you wrote that over down with Tierney and the the 18 year old lover. A male lover. And how is it that the evangelicals are saying he must be seated? 
<laughs> when he, he, he was married to a woman in the middle of his, his, I don't know, six-year marriage. He's having an affair with this 18-year-old boy, and he wound up stealing this kid's uh, cell phone because he was broke. He stole the kid's cell phone and pawned it. Right. But 18 is legal. That's but that's legal, 18, isn't it? 18 is legal. But when you're, you know, I'm talking about, I don't find anything necessarily wrong with that myself on a personal level. I don't find that horrible that he was having sex with an 18 year old boy legally. Uh, but he's a Republican. Hand, but he's a Republican. Not only is he a Republican, he, he's a, um, he, he's, he's being supported by the evangelicals. Right. Who want to burn anyone who's gay at the stake. Right, right. And they're saying that he's got to be, he's got to be seated. Right. Tomorrow. Right. And you, mean, all, did, you also make sense out of that. You also wrote over down with Tierney that the Police Benevolent Association endorsed him, which I thought was <laughs> that's the best. Part. I, I, mean, I just I didn't want to like have a whole page of of uh, police organizations that endorsed him, but basically all of the police organizations endorsed him. I just said the Nassau County Police Benevolent <laughs> Association, but also the Police Benevolent Association of every town in the county endorsed him. <laughs> Okay, so let's let's get off George Santos because we have a big show to watch tomorrow. I would assume C-SPAN is covering this, or is it all done by? It can't be done behind closed doors, right? We're are we going to see the vote for speaker? I don't I don't know. I'm not I'm not certain, but I think everyone will want to cover it. I mean, it's it's just become this gigantic drama. Okay, so from what I understand, what you're saying is Kevin McCarthy needs two eighteen. He can't get it because he is having uh, an affair. He's he's not a good evangelical. People aren't with him. Then there's the choice of Steve Scalise, who I think is now the whip, right? And then there's Stefanik, who took uh, Liz Cheney's job. She's third in command. Uh, she's a problem, and I want to ask you about Stefanik in a second. There's also uh, uh, Patrick McHenry, whose boyfriend you write is an alleged murderer, and he ran a gay brothel. Uh, and and uh, and he worked in the in the brothel, right? And then, but Jim Jordan, his office. They said he worked in the office, right? But there's also Jim Jordan who is a fine, upstanding member of the Ohio State University community. He was a wrestling coach over there. Uh, yeah. he, he was hands-on. He, uh, Jim Jordan, he's clean as clean as a hound's tooth, isn't he? There's no problem with Speaker Jim Jordan, is there? No, none whatsoever. He's <laughs> a Nothing's going to come out about Jim Jordan, right? Nothing at all, except Nothing. all of the evidence given in the, in the court case against him uh, uh, from all, all the uh, dozens of boys that were molested over the years while he was uh, watching from uh, peephole. So no what accused him of molesting the boys himself. Just his assistant coach was molesting the boys. Right. And so and the boys would go to him and complain to him, coach, we're being molested by your assistant coach or the doctor, whoever, whoever it was. Yeah. And he would say, uh, yeah, I'll look into it. Yeah. And this went on for years and years and years, and he never looked into it, apparently. Or he looked into it and thought it was fine. Or he looked into it and got a, a boner and kept looking into it. All this stuff eventually has to come out, right? 
about these. It's come out. I mean, certainly everything about him has been in every single newspaper in, uh, well, first of all, in Ohio, but it's been nationally covered as well, and it just goes down the memory tube. I mean, the stuff about Jim Jordan uh, being a wrestling coach and all these boys suing him and suing the university, that's all been, you know, litigated over and over again. And still, and being, yet, li- and still being litigated. Also true, yes. And, and there's a witness tampering charge. Okay, so tonight, Tuesday night, at, say, 11.30 p.m. Tuesday night, where are we in the speakership? I, uh, my gut now is that we're in the middle of, um, of voting. So it's never, since 1923, it's never not happened on the first vote. I don't think it'll happen on the first vote. I think they'll, uh, they'll draw, we, won't have a, we won't have an answer tomorrow. I think that they will drag it out. The right-wingers will drag it out at least for a couple of days before they either give in to McCarthy with some kind of a deal or they uh, get him to drop out and get and get Jim Jordan in. Their, their choice is going to be Jim Jordan. And I, I, it's hard to say which one's going to wind up as speaker. I, I can't say. Jim, you think, so you're saying it is that 218, that Jim Jordan can get 218 votes. Because... The, it, if they if say they get into the tenth the tenth round of voting, and no one is sworn in, and they can't do anything, they can't look into Hunter Biden's uh, dick pics. Nothing is happening. They're going to want somebody. Who's and who's it going to be? I mean, uh, Don Bacon from Omaha, Republican from Omaha, is saying if they do this, he's going to go to the Democrats and say that he's got enough Republicans, or he'll need like ten. Uh, he has enough Dem- uh, Republicans to let the Democrats pick a Republican to their liking. So they'll like pick someone like uh, Brian Fitzpatrick or somebody like that. And only, even though only ten Republicans would vote for for that, that would be the speaker. Who is, now it, something like that already in Alaska. They already did that. Right. Is, the Republicans is, didn't want to work with the fascists over there, so they worked with the Democrats instead. I don't believe that's going to happen. I believe before it gets to that, the Republicans will rally around anybody, including Jim Jordan. Is Fred Upton still around? He's not around, but they've been threatening, you know, because you don't have to be a member of Congress to be speaker. And they've been threatening to have him come in as speaker. He's from Michigan and Joe Biden, even though he's a Republican, Joe Biden did a fundraiser for him in 2016, right? I don't know if it was 2016, but there, I don't know if it was exactly a fundraiser, but yes, the, the Democrats like him. Uh, you know, he's very, very conservative, but he's not a fascist. Okay. Before you go, the big question is, what about Trump as speaker? If you're going into the eighth round and there's no speaker and I, you know, if you say, you know better than I do, if you say Jim Jordan get 218 Republicans to vote for him, okay. Uh, But it seems to me the only person who can get 218 votes in that Republican caucus is Donald Trump. I don't know that he can. There are, uh, even though a lot of the anti-Trump guys were um, uh, leaving Congress, 
um, some of the new ones are coming in, and they know that if they voted for, if they vote for Trump to be speaker, they will not have a second term because they're in blue districts. So I, I don't think Trump can get to 218 either. I think he can come close, but I don't think he's going to get 218. I see a deux machina. I, 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 I think this is January 6th, part two. I think Trump is going to be flown in to save the Republicans from themselves. That's how it's going to be portrayed. What, what are the odds of that? What are the odds? One out of a hundred? Oh, more than one out of a hundred, but 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 not not like fifty percent. I, I don't I don't think it's going to happen. I, I really don't. Okay. Howie Klein, founder. Tra- you want it. I'm sorry. I know you want it to happen, right? Uh no. I I want Trump to get locked up. I just don't see Jim. Jo- I again, I don't see how Jim Jordan gets it. I, I think uh, I don't see how anybody gets it. I think Republicans are destructive and they destroy everything in front of them, including each other. I don't see how this ends well. Yeah, but, uh, but, but electing Jim Jordan speaker is very, very destructive. That would be very, very destructive to the so Republicans, to the Republicans, the Republic, both <laughs> Republicans yeah. and Republicans. And Stefanik is a disgrace. You write about her, and she's just a pure opportunist who is on record trashing Donald Trump and then suddenly uh, found Jesus and went all in on MAGA. So she's a disgrace, Stefanik. Oh, the worst. The, the worst you can uh, ever yeah. hope to. All right. Uh, well, this will be interesting. Howie Klein is the founder and treasurer of the Blue America Pack. And you should read him. Obviously, you should read him every day at Down With Tyranny. Follow him on Twitter at Down With Tyranny. Who are we raising money for over at the Blue America Pack? Uh, we're, we're raising money for Lucas Kuntz, who is going to, I believe, run for the Senate against that uh, fist pumping um, Josh Hawley mm-hmm. in Missouri. Okay, great. So if you go to the Down with Tyranny Senate page, you can uh, you can chip in for um, the wonderful Lucas Kuntz. Fantastic. I'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much, Howie Klein. All right. Talk Thank to you. you next week. Thank you. Lot, lot of TV to watch Tuesday night. I'm going to be glued to the television to watch the Republican Party go down in flames. If you enjoyed this segment of The David Feldman Show, I ask you to hit the like button and subscribe to this channel. Go read Howie Klein over Down With Tyranny. It's fantastic. He's the best. He's the best. I'm David Feldman reminding you to stay strong and protect the weak. It's time right now for The David Feldman Show. So get your ears on right. Buckle in. Dr. Harriet Fraud joins us. She is a hypnotherapist, a psychotherapist who helps us translate our neuroses, the uh, filtration process of the economic system we're forced to live under. You've really helped me over the years understand that most of my anxiety and rage and neuroses stems from capitalism 
and uh, not my mom and dad. It, it's, right. it's interesting. They're a factor. Mom and dad are a factor, but not mom and dad live in a social context, and so do you. So they all have to be considered. It Since I've been talking with you, it really does explain away uh, when you when you filter all interpersonal relationships through the transactional nature of capitalism, it can make you more forgiving of friends and lovers, and uh, it helps you not take your job too personally. Mm-hmm. It's just a paycheck. It it's just and a paycheck. Just, you know, you're living in a system, and we deny the emotional and personal impact of living in this system, which is enormous. In my other um, podcast, it's not just in your head. That's really what it's about. You're getting evicted. It's not just in your head that you're uncomfortable. You'll be living on the street. You know, hello. Right, right. And if your parents mistreated you, that's, you know, that's not a good thing to do with a child. But what, why do we abandon children to these two people who just got knocked up? whether they have any interest or ability to care for anybody, no less an utterly vulnerable being 24 hours a day. It's bizarre. It's bizarre. And it's so fascinating to to get out of New York City. Mm -hmm. I'm in a bubble and talk to, quote unquote, real people who are Ron DeSantis supporters and Trump supporters who are struggling financially Mm-hmm. They're complaining about critical race theory and transgender studies. And I say to them, what does that have to do with money? And they say, what? I say, what does that have to do with money? You don't have enough money. Why don't you focus on your checking account and saving account and uh, not worry about uh, your using the bathroom? Right. We don't even have kids who are going to school. What what do you care about? Worry about what you're getting paid. And they, I had this over the weekend, and this one guy went, hmm, just went, oh, interesting. Yes, and worry about what's what's happening and why your country isn't representing you anymore. Why your quality of life is eroding. What happened to America? And it's not because there were some immigrants. This is a nation of immigrants. The only people who weren't are Native Americans treated the worst and the poorest people in the whole place. So, you know. We have people living not so quiet lives of desperation and they're being animated and activated by right wing lunatics who know exactly what they're doing. They're trying to get everybody angry about everything other than being able to pay the bills. Right. Class division. There's been a big shift upward. No one's talking about repealing the tax breaks for the top that Trump put in. There's a huge transfer of wealth to the top from the bottom. Mm -hmm. But we're the only country of all the European and Scandinavian countries. We didn't forbid outsourcing. And so the big capitalists made more money by going to countries with no ecological standards, no benefits, and lousy wages. Chinese are the highest paid in the area, $3.19 an hour, and no protections. So 
Then they brought their money back and bought our political system. Right. And so Americans are, you know, the only ones in Europe not to have a choice of system. I came back from France. I mean, they have a socialist party. They have a communist party. They have an anarchist party. They have a monarchist party. And the party that just recently won most legislative seats in France is a new party called France Insoumise, France Unbowed with Mélenchon, which is what we need here. It's a unity of the labor movement there, which is very left, very strong, and of course, much better paid than ours because they really are strong. The um, Black Lives Matter, the Arab rights movements, the women's movements, the trans movements, all together so that, because we're the majority, and so they won. And they shut the country down. They're not afraid of a railway strike. They're not. And their railroad workers get treated a lot better than ours. Everyone who's employed in France has a guaranteed five-week vacation. And on some jobs, like I met um, a taxi driver whose wife works for a bank, she gets seven weeks paid vacation. And she can decide which weeks. Whoa. This is unheard of. And if you're there when the railroad workers strike, the whole country shuts down because then also all the transit workers, the subway workers stop, the gas workers, the electrical workers, that's worker power. That's power to the people. Right. And that's what we need, that kind of solidarity class across class lines. And class is so repressed, they try to make it a black issue instead of a poverty issue, even though most of the poor in the United States are white. They try to make it a male-female issue, instead that all jobs, all of caring labor deserve a supplement for caring labor. And ever since the McCarthy era, when they threw the leftists out of the unions, the union movement fizzled till now when they won't eat that when they're not going to do that. Anyone who cares about the union is fine. But we are very backward. You see the difference in France. You don't see a crazy person on every other block screaming to themselves. Right. In the lead up in the in the lead up to the railway uh decision that Biden forced on the railway yes. workers. I have lived through the lead up to the invasion of Iraq twice, the invasion of Panama, uh, the invasion of Afghanistan. The media was more frightened of a railway strike than the invasion of Iraq or Afghanistan, that it was going to be more traumatic to have a railway strike than it was an invasion of another country where our own soldiers are going to die. They have programmed us to believe that a national strike would be like a category five hurricane smashing in to the, the entire country. It would be the best thing to happen to the 99 percent mm-hmm. to shut this economy down. Right. With worker power. With worker That's power. Right. But on the other hand, you have this. Well, you have a corporate president who's further to the left than Trump, 
but whose whole state is, their state economy is based on giving corporations a tax holiday. He's never stood up for the mass of people. He's more progressive than Trump, but I mean, right. Hitler's the only one who's less. <laughs> so, you know. So we, we were talking at the top of the segment about how the right will throw us red meat to fight and get angry about. We we had the president of Ukraine, Zelensky, speaking before a joint session of Congress. Somehow there's money for Zelensky and Ukraine because it's war, it's anger, it's violence, and it detract, it distracts us from our own misery. We throw money at a war because we're trained to to kill and fight rather than deal with our savings and checking accounts and our own well-being. We rather have our money go towards war. We hope that money's going to, we don't even know where, there's no inspector general. I'm sure a lot of it into the pockets of Mr. and Mrs. Zelensky. Right. Zelensky was put in under Hillary Clinton after the CIA organized to get rid of Yanukovych, who was pro-Russian. And at every at every step, the U.S. ambassador informed them the red line is Ukraine. Ukraine has to remain neutral. If you bring it into Ukraine, Ukraine into NATO, i.e. the American armed camp, Russia will have no choice. And I keep thinking, my God, I was a young woman in 19, I think it was 72, when I was at college, JFK. Not, not 72, not JFK. Was, they John got Foster Kennedy risked World War Three. Oh, no, John Fitzgerald Kennedy. Kennedy in 62. Yeah. That's right. In, in yeah. 62. That's right. Not 72. In 62, he risked World War Three because Cuba was setting up a base. Right. With Ru- a Russian base. And because it was 90 miles from home, risked World War III to get them to back down and Khrushchev back down. Now, Russia has 1,200 miles of shared border with Ukraine. And the Ukrainian fascists, the Azov battalions, had been going into the Russian-speaking Donbass areas and just killing people for a long time. However... That was the red line in the sand. Now, I think the Russians should have handled it differently. And I mean, I don't think there are any good guys here, certainly not Putin. However, of course, we invaded. We are clutching our pearls and oh, an invasion. Wait a minute. What about Korea, Vietnam, Iraq, Afghanistan, all of which sold a lot of armaments, which has a lot to do with this and also allowed the armaments company to experiment so that then they could sell successful arms. We all watched as the Iraqi cities were pulverized. And those cities, of course, had civilians in them who were home at the time that their buildings collapsed. That's what war is. And we provoked Putin. And look, Biden himself said, this will exhaust the Russians. Because the United States is no longer the uncontested world power in the world. China, I came from France. I saw that the signs 
that used to be in English and French are now also in Chinese. Hmm. I talked to storekeepers who said, oh, we have to now hire Chinese um, salespeople because so many people speak Chinese in nice boutiques, right? And we brought in a corrupt guy who's a tool of the United States, Zelensky, who's willing to have his whole country demolished because he, according to the French newspapers I saw, he has a beautiful villa on the Italian Riviera where he'll be going once his country is in smithereens. Meanwhile, there was a picture I saw last week of uh, Zelensky's wife at a French boutique spending 40 grand in one hour on outfits for herself. Ukraine had a reputation as the most corrupt country in Europe. And so that's where our billions are going, plus the armaments companies, which are the biggest companies in the United States, are loving it. But meanwhile, that country is demolished. And war is a terrible thing. And there's no good guys. I don't, you know, Putin was provoked. But he's nobody to root for. Mm-hmm. And in this case, we organized this in order to disrupt the Russian-Chinese analysis, you know, bond, because Russia has the most natural resources in the whole world. China has the greatest population. China is ascending. The United States empire is falling. And you could see that because uh, Biden had a summit with the African countries to try to get them all to support us in condemning Russia. Just under half, 48 of them said, no, we're abstaining. When he tried to organize the same thing in Latin America, 35 countries abstained. No, sorry. And when he asked Saudi Arabia to stop, you know, to produce more oil to bring the prices down, they said, pound sand, we're making more oil. You know, we're making less oil because we get better prices. He couldn't even get the American companies who have made up to 17 and a half billion off of this to lower their prices. Because he could point out very reasonably, we're not low on natural gas and oil. You don't have to raise your prices. And they said, well, we're giving big, bigger dividends to our stockholders because this is a bonanza. It's and just greed and it's inflation. And they asked them to, to lower their prices and they refused. So our inflation continues and it's just pure greed. And Americans can't afford their food. They can't afford their rent. Inflation's gone crazy. But this is just crazy. What really impressed me is for $50 billion, you could inject, you could vaccinate every person in the world against COVID-19. That's half of what we just gave over to Ukraine. And they won't do it because Pfizer and Moderna, they want their profits up. Are you kidding? Right. right. It's, it's gone mad. And I think Americans feel they've been betrayed. They don't trust that the government will take care of them. We do have the most deaths in the world of any other country, even though we have... I guess less than a third of the people in China, what, 35,000 dead. We have had 1,100,000 and more. That people, 
and they don't feel taken care of because they're not. And more and more people are on the street where our mayor, Adams, goes in and throws out all their scarce belongings sewed into their little sleeping bags and then puts them in shelters, which are so dangerous, they're back on the street, that this is, it's gone, it's collapsing. And people want to believe in something. They want to feel that America's right. But really, they have to have a massive denial in order to do so. Right. And he wouldn't dare send Americans in to die because that nobody would want to go. That's it's, the new paradigm is, well, we don't need an army. We just need to stir up war overseas and send weapons. And, and other people to die like the Ukrainians. Right. And nobody says it in our paper, but you can get it in the European papers. No one is allowed to disagree. Zelensky cut down all political opposition any opposition party is banned. If you don't go into the army, you're arrested. It's the idea of civil rights, nowhere in sight. That this is a dictator empowered by our money to enrich himself and destroy his country, just like in Afghanistan, the guy we put in that Ghani, I think his name was, as the war is the United States is being driven out. He takes off in a helicopter packed with U.S. dollars. Yeah, literally packed, literally packed literally. with U.S. dollars. Uh, there, and there's no talk of peace. There, I can remember even during Vietnam, they talked of peace. The war got dragged out for uh, what, peace talks began, what, in 68? The war got dragged out for another Six, uh, three or five, five years. Five years. But, but at least they pretended to have the Paris peace talks. There's no attempt. You have a Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, who's making war. The job of a Secretary of State is diplomacy, not to make war. It's. Well, the people at the top need to hold on to American hegemony over the world. And the one way that we. Our strongest is militarily, and so that that boosts military sales, and it also gives them a chance to experiment. I have a friend who used to be in the military and was fairly high up, and he said these wars are ways to test American weapons so you can sell them later, and I and that it looks like the test here is tactical nukes, and that's why they don't want peace, because they want to do nukes in Russia, tactical nuclear weapons. And that's why they haven't signed the peace accords against nuclear weapons, because it's for sales of those arms. And when you think how many people are dead and that whole country will be rubble to sell American arms and to build up NATO, it's so inhumane. It's they used to say about the Japanese during World War II, they have no respect for human life. Well, who's disrespectful here? You know, and there's business about invasions. How dare they invade? It's a case. There's a, a folk saying which really captures it. You've got a hole in your head, said the sieve to the needle. Hmm. Mm. Right. Hello. Right. Who's the sieve? Who's the needle? The the if our lifestyle in America were 
somewhat livable, they could justify the the empire building that got, goes on overseas. It seems to me previous empires, the the home office did very well, and so did the the, the citizens. You know, right. like America after World War II, when we were the only economy standing, and if you were white and in a family headed by a white male, each generation did better than the, the last one. Of course, that's canceled now. Young people have a worse future. And we lived longer. We are living shorter and shorter lives every year for the past three years. And you say we're getting shorter. And we're getting shorter. The tallest people are now Scandinavians. And we're shrinking. And we're shrinking in every way. And also, our nutrition is very bad. You know, because fast food, because people are all working and their kids are home alone, That you know, that doesn't cut it. No, the American people are in trouble. Right. Pedro Castillo in uh, Peru and Lula in Brazil. They got rid of Pedro Castillo in Peru. Highly suspicious. This was a... Highly suspicious. They, they drummed him out of office. They impeached him. They were The minute he got elected, he I think he was a school teacher, a peasant. Uh, and the minute he got elected president... They accused him of corruption, and uh, so they, they got rid of him in Peru. Lula took office, inaugurated, I believe, on January 1st, Bolsonaro, crying his way to Florida. Lula says they're going to prosecute members of the Bolsonaro regime. They should, just like the Trump regime, because they ripped everybody off. Right. But also the United States is getting scared. I mean, 35 countries abstain from doing our will against um, Russia. And in Colombia, for the first time ever, a socialist won. In Chile, a socialist won. Both of those socialists did not agree to condemn Russia. You know, they just, we they would have nothing to do with it. Mexico, right on our border, Obrador, refused to go to those meetings and is more of a leftist. And they didn't even invite Cuba and Nicaragua to the meetings because they knew they wouldn't come. That the balance of power is shifting. And I think this war is to interrupt, well, they say it's to exhaust Russia, but it's to interrupt the China-Russia bond, which is very powerful. And that isn't the way to leave an empire with, they should admit it. Okay, the French had an empire. Now they don't, they're doing fine. We don't have to spend 850 billion on armaments. We could make the people of our country prosper and somebody, have of jobs. Somebody asked me over the week and I said, I love Bernie Sanders. And they said, well, who, who Who's on the bench? How deep is the bench? And I said, well, you know, first of all, Bernie's not a Democrat. That's the first problem. I said, I like Cori Bush from Missouri, the congresswoman. Mm -hmm. I, I I like AOC, but she's a lightning rod. Uh, uh, who do you see carrying on uh, picking up the torch for Bernie and uh, DSA? Well, there's Katie Porter, there's Barbara Lee, 
you know, California has a lot of good people. Right. But these aren't like they're not socialists. No, they're not. AOC is a socialist, but AOC is also a lightning rod, partly because of sexism. Right. The way she put down, I think his name is Boho, for making sexist, disgraceful remarks to her. She's not standing for it. Right. But what has to happen is the progressive wing has to come up and be identified and then threaten to leave. You know, that sort of like what Trump is doing now by saying he'll run, he'll take about a third of the Republicans with him. And so I think he's doing it as a bargaining chip because then he'll say, okay, I won't run and whoever you run has to pardon me because he's up before every crime in in the book. Sorry. We're talking before the fight for speaker takes place. Yes. The Republicans have been cracking up since they took power, since Newt Gingrich took the House in 94. Uh, It's a civil war in the Republican Party. They're never going to survive this. And you look at the, the, the kamikaze caucus of the Republican Party, Chip Roy and Paul Gosar, and, uh, and Andy Biggs, and they will take down, quote unquote, the establishment. They don't care about the Republican Party and the Republican Party is stronger because of that. That's what the Democrats. We don't have that kind of infighting in the in the Democratic Party. When are no, the- we needed and we also don't have a kind of theater wing that says things so far out that it pushes the discourse over like Marjorie right. Taylor Greene right. or Lauren Boebert. You know, right. we don't have that. The theater wing. I like that. Somebody said to me, I said, I'm pro-abortion. And a woman said, well, I don't like that. I, I'm, I'm pro-choice, but uh, I don't like the term pro-abortion. And I said, That's why you're losing the right to have an abortion, because if you can't bring yourself to say I'm pro abortion, it's a it's a crack in our armor. If if they're going to if they're going to call abortion murder, you need. And I love that term. I've never heard that before. The the theatrical wing who says pushes it way over. I'm pro abortion. I I, I think abortion is a great uh, form of contraception. Let's negotiate. Right. I wouldn't say. Of course, you wouldn't say that, but that's there are you need people to say that. I'm against forced birth. That's an even more. That's good. Yeah. Because forced birth is against the Constitution. It's a cruel and unusual punishment. And that's why women should have abortions if they want to, because a forced birth is a cruel and unusual punishment. Now, you're one of the founding mothers of women's liberation. Second wave. Second wave in the United States. Yes. And I met, I don't know, maybe a third wave or a fourth wave wave feminist about five years ago who said to me about abortion and it blew me away. I I parroted the Clinton's talking uh, point about abortion, rare and safe. And she said, F rare and safe. She said abortion is a choice. She said abortion is like a sneeze. Get that out of your head. And and she said, you've you've got to stop uh, uh, 
being gingerly about abortion, because if you go wobbly, if your knees buckle and you say you're a little queasy about abortion, it creates this is why the right has succeeded, because the Clintons said rare and safe instead of we're pro-abortion. That's or at least we care about the woman, not the child unformed. The whole discussion is about a fetus. It's about a woman and her body. And we should insist that it. this is a question of a woman's integrity. Right. right. Against forced birth as a cruel and unusual punishment for half your population. The, the I love that. The theater wing of the Democratic Party. That's a push it way. Yes. Push it way left. OK. We don't have that. And they do. They have their screaming fascists right. pushing it a few degrees more to the to the right. And the and and the further they go to the right, the Democrats have to chase them. That's right. To the to the right side to yeah. say, wait a minute, you hate women. That's right. your problem. It's a cruel and unusual punishment. But women, if you gave birth out of your dick, it would be a different story. This is humiliation of women as em- as uteruses, reducing us to a uterus to carry for you, forget for your sperm, forget it. This is our body. This is our integrity. It's great great to see you. Dr. Harriet Fraud is the host of several podcasts. Uh, It's not just in your head, when capitalism hits home, and uh, interpersonal update on Pacifica Radio. Tell the us radio about- program. Yes. That's a radio program about the mutual shaping of personal life and political, economic, and social life. Sort right. of the portrayal of a bio-social, psychological human being, rather than just a human being that doesn't have all these factors simultaneously shaping that human being. How do people contact you? Well, they could, if they want to write to me, they could write through democracyatwork.info or they could write at hfraud at gmail.com or they could go to my website, harrietfraud.com. All those choices. Fantastic. It's great to see you. Thank you so great much. Great to see you and welcome back. You are yes. such an addition. Thank, Thank you so much. Thank you. It's time right now for the David Feldman Show. So get your ears on right and buckle in with